During the winter months, there are few places busier than the University of Guelph Fieldhouse on a Wednesday afternoon. It's not that it's a small building. Like most fieldhouses, it's pretty big. It's just really full of athletes. In one corner, you have the sprinters practicing their starts. In the opposite corner, there are throwers doing their thing. Beside that is the distance and mid-distance team meeting before they head out for their warm-up. A little later, the jumpers will arrive horizontal and vertical alike. Like I said, it's a pretty busy place. In this series, we've talked a lot about the distance guys, with more to come, and the sprinters, but what about the rest of the team? This week, we're throwing and jumping as we join the field and track and field at the University of Guelph Fieldhouse. You're listening to Something in the Water, the story of the University of Guelph and Speed River track and field teams, brought to you by Cydia's Mag. On this week's episode, we'll focus on the throws and jumps programs. Now, when I started this episode, it made me think of something that coach and founder of the Speed River Club, Dave Scott Thomas, said to me once. Putting together a team championship winning indoor track team is much more difficult than putting together, say, a winning cross-country team. To me, that makes a lot of sense. The number of athletes, the variety of skills and strengths needed. If you need a large group of athletes to make a championship happen, truth is you probably need a slightly smaller group of coaches and support staff behind them to offer guidance. Anyway, long jump, triple jump, high jump, weight throw, we'll cover it all by talking to coaches and athletes in each event group about being part of the team and where they fit into a track and field program that has certainly seen a lot of collegiate success. To start, though, let's check in with Dave to talk about the evolution of these programs. You grow in fits and starts, truthfully. I mean, we had some quality throwers and jumpers early on, and I sort of muddled through to the best of my ability, and then Zoltan Tanky built up the jumps program. Super sharp guy, uh, old school guy, so he had a big ask. So we tended to have a smaller group of very, very good athletes uh, for a while. And then we've sort of grown and evolved. I mean, uh, Geisen Curinari, who's now our jumps coach, came out of our junior program, went through our collegiate program, was coached by Zoltan, so he brings a lot of that technical skill set with maybe a bit more of a contemporary feel for for, uh, athletics uh, relationships. How about that? So so it's always been there. I, I think, again, it's one of those things because our endurance program has cast a fairly large shadow that you often hear when we're a distance school. But we've we've had sprints, jumps, and throws uh, for a long time, since before I started, just not as formatively. And they've been quite potent. Our, our uh, high jump coach right now, Michelle Moody, was a 181 jumper while she was here and made several national teams. And so it just hasn't been as consistent as it has been with distance uh, and as sprints is becoming. But our throws generally have been, at least in the top three in U-sports most year, we've consistently had uh, medalists and several national team people in throws as well. So we're expanding that now. The group's bigger. Our resource space is better in terms of staff and our ability to handle athletes. If you go back to our first national titles in track, in 2008 we won both the women's and men's titles at McGill in CEI Sports. The vast majority of our event, our points came out of speed power events, particularly in the men's side last year. But the backbone of that team on the women's side, Michelle Moody and Brian MacArthur, um, 
and then the women's sprints unit, they won that title. So, so we've had it for a while. It's just, I think, I'm the head coach. Uh, we've had a good endurance program, so we tend to get identified as that. But it, it's, uh, I'm glad to be having these discussions because it should shine a little more light on a well-deserving uh, couple of events. Uh, so I'm Sean Kate, and I'm a high jumper on the varsity team. Specialist, nothing else. <laughs> to start our journey, let's begin with the high jumpers. Now, on the whole, North Americans have a weird relationship with track and field for the most part. With emphasis on team sports like hockey, soccer, and football, oftentimes kids don't really have much of a chance to get acquainted with track and field. And as a result, you have fewer people who would identify as, say, a high jumper. That was the case at first for Sean, a serious threat to make some major world teams in the future. But I'll let him explain. Um, actually hadn't high jumped probably since the... Uh track and field camp days here at Guelph actually uh, Jeff Holler was he'll be the first one to admit it but he'll uh, he'll be the one to say that all of my high jump greatness came from his expertise in coaching uh, but I hadn't done track and field through high school or since elementary school so I came to university as a basketball player actually and that didn't pan out for me so my dad said hey you know try out high jump you've got the springs for it so uh, as Geisen alluded to, I did walk. I literally walked into the field house and said, "Hey, I long jump and I high jump." And after learning that a 570 long jump isn't competitive, <laughs> yeah, we tried out high jump. And uh, four weeks later, I'm on national standard, and they're rushing me to get onto the team. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the funny thing. Geisen said when you first popped in here, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, you weren't putting up stellar, stellar uh, jumps or anything. No, but it was kind of. You know, taking a look at, at things, you know, how how quick were you able to, you know, like grab the basics and stuff and, and get up to a point where you would be considered competitive and a part of the team? Um, well, I think a lot of it goes to uh, the credit of the phenomenal staff that we have here. We had a different high jump coach at the time, but Michelle would be capable of the exact same things. If you used to see me high jump, I would jump and then actually tuck and roll over the bar. I cannonballed over it, so it was a good... 15, 20 centimeters of leeway to work with to get my hips up and over. So they fixed the form after about a week or two, and then a week or two after that, the springs came back. Uh, So that's what really ended up happening. I wasn't a true 180 jumper, but it was just finding out what I was already capable of doing. So, I mean, you've spent a couple years now, and I would say that you are at that level where you can compete nationally now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's got to be pretty wild for you to see where you were to where you to where you are now. Do you think that is a result of the Guelph program, or do you think that you could do that anywhere? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm a firm believer that Guelph is the number one institution in the country for track and field. Uh, if I wanted to pursue a different sport, then maybe elsewhere, but Guelph, Guelph is the place to be a high jumper. Uh, and it's like, like you said, after three or so years, I've already been on three national teams in the past year and a half. And it's, it's really exciting to see the progress and the results of the work, but it's definitely been given to me that I can take advantage of it. It isn't just something that I could walk into another place and say, hey, I'm going to be this guy. Guelph is, Guelph is the place that made me who I am. So Geisen was, was telling me a bit of a funny story. He said at uh, KM this past weekend, uh, the U-Sport standard is a 206, I believe, yes. correct? And uh, you actually saw that. You took a pass at it, and you said, I'll go one higher. And, uh, <laughs> and you jumped to what? You ended up jumping 210, did you not? I, uh, I passed 204 to go to 210. 
and my coach was on on her uh, on her toes, freaking out about it because she was, "What are you doing? You know, 206 goes." I ended up jumping 215 at the meet, so it was fine. But I wasn't I wasn't gonna go up two centimeters to make some kind of semantics about, oh, okay, I, I hit the actual thing. No, I'm I'm better than 206. They know I'm better than 206, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reduce myself for lack of all understanding to you sports, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste time on that one. Well, I mean, I hear that story, and, and you have to think that comes with, uh, you know, a little bit of confidence. Definitely. You know, in, in knowing what you, where where's that come from? Where are you drawing from? Um, well, I've been I've been jumping at an elite level for the last two three years. I mean, I've won I won CIs two years in a row. Last year I came second, and I'm I'm definitely coming in with a chip on my shoulder with something to prove. Um, so from that perspective, it's it's confidence knowing what I'm already capable of, and then the the ambition and drive that says nothing is going to stop me. Why am I gonna Why am I gonna focus on the numbers at this point? It's just jump as high as possible. It's not I'm gonna chase this height. It's I'm gonna explode through the roof, whatever that height may be. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, another thing that I was told is that that you are a guy who really likes to work hard you know, all the time. <laughs> You almost have to be held back by your coaches. Like, do you do you think that's kind of kind of the purpose of your coaches now? Yeah, like they uh, they serve a very special role for each one of us. Uh, I think more of Geisen's role now for me is okay. Let's uh, let's play the bit for the horse at this point. He's right. he's trying to go this far this fast, uh, especially today because tomorrow is going to be a day that I know I'm going to get hammered. So he told me to come in today after weights and just do some light work and I. I'm now starting to take that advice, but it's uh, it's very humbling to see yourself actually take the hits and be affected by it now. In first and second year, you know, you're 18 years old and it's just, you know, everything's fine, everything's good, but now I'm 20, 22, 23, and I have to accept my limitations from a healing perspective. Right. <laughs> so what's next? Um... Well, the, uh, what was next? Commonwealth just came out. I missed that one. That was, that was definitely going to be a push for me, but uh, I'm chasing meet records, honestly. At this point, at the university level, I'm chasing meet records. The big ones are going to be at CIs and provincials themselves. For The meet records for CIs is 224, and I know I'm capable of that. When the stretch will be OUs, that's 228. Uh, and then summer season, there's a big meet happening in Toronto, and I'm going to gear up for that. That's the big one for the summer, at least. And then go from there, really. It's yeah. it's a gold medal and a CIS championship. I've never double golded before. We won the championship last year, but I took home a silver, so that's my fault that time. Uh, it's it's bigger and better. Honestly, to, to sum it up quickly, bigger and better. All right, I'll hold you to that. And <laughs> After after university, have you put a lot of thought into that? After university, there's there's a there's still a fantastic program here. I know Michelle's going to take care of me if I stay, and I'm wrestling between that and York University, where the hub is. Uh, there's there's good staff and there's good resources at both places. It's just a matter of what fits for me outside of athletics, because I know I'll be taken care of athletically either way. So it's just figuring the rest of it out. So my name is Michelle Taub, and I am the Griffin Track and Field High Jump Coach for both the men's and women's team. Michelle was a jumper herself for the Griffins a few years ago. Now, back in a coaching role, under her watch, the Griffins have become a high jump powerhouse. We started our conversation by talking about how the high jump squad fits into the team mosaic. Yeah, so the, the high jump group's actually grown quite a bit since the beginning. When I first started coaching four years ago, we had a really small team 
Um, but that first year, uh, Sean actually won a gold medal at CIS or now U Sport Championships. Um, and I think that was sort of the defining moment that kind of put us on the map at, in terms of a, of having like a, a good high jump program. Um, and since then, we've been recruiting, you know, one or two rookie high jump athletes every year. And we now have got a team of about eight to 10 high jumpers uh, composed of both men and women. And so I think now, I mean, now we're, we're definitely um, a high jump power school. We've got, uh, I think we currently have three, three athletes on the men's side ranked in the top 12 and two women ranked in the top 12 for uh, high jumpers in Canada. So we we were talking a little bit before about how you were a Griffin before this, and uh, and now you're a coach there. I have to I have to wonder, you know, have you you know given your experience with with past coaches and stuff, and, and you had a couple, um, you know, were there any lessons that you learned from them that you're bringing forward to your to your athletes now? Oh, absolutely. I think um, I mean everything I know about high jump has obviously come from my physical experience competing, but as well as the way I was coached. Um, and I, you know, I had the benefit of um, influences from a couple of different coaches, Zoltan uh, Tenki and Garth Pete. And although they had very different coaching styles or um, techniques, the, I definitely took a lot away from, from the way that they've coached. But I think what I've learned most as a coach is that there really isn't, you know, sort of one technique or one program that fits all. Uh, the biggest challenge with coaching, you know, varsity athletes is that they all have such different personalities and they respond to different cues and learning to adapt to the way different athletes need to be coached or, you know, want to be spoken with or even dealt with on a day-to-day basis um, changes. So, so that's been uh, the challenge, but something I've just learned as we go. You know, uh, again, we were talking before this um, about changing an athlete's attitude, you know, where they're coming in and perhaps they don't think of themselves as predominantly a high jumper, which is understandable. I, I don't feel that, you know, track and field takes, uh, takes you know, great precedence in, in high schools or, you know, coming into into university. You know, have you found that, that that has been a common thread amongst all of your athletes, you know, getting them into the mindset where, you know, you're convincing them, look, you're one of the best, one of the best high jumpers out there. You are a high jumper. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, perhaps there are little kids who grew up thinking, yeah, I like can't wait to be a high jumper when I grow up. <laughs> um, I think for a lot of people, you fall into it based on body type for the most part. I mean, if you look at most of the top high jumpers in the world, they're all very tall, very slim, lanky built athletes for the most part. Um, on the men's side, we tend to get a lot of past basketball players. On the women's side, they could be past volleyball players because those body types tend to lend themselves um, to the high jump sport. Um, I mean, Sean Kate, uh, as I said earlier, came in. Um, or, or came to our group as a basketball player. And he definitely self-identified for a very long time as a basketball player. And it took, you know, a couple of years. And I think him just getting progressively better at the sport for him being able to identify with, you know, okay, I actually am a high jumper. And, 
you know, he's got the great potential to, you know, maybe be a world-class athlete someday. So there is, there's definitely um, a lot of effort on my part and on the recruiting, uh, you know, Jason and Geisen on the recruiting side to sort of identify athletes early on that may potentially be good at high jump and then, you know, convince them to stick with the sport. You know, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Jason and Geisen because it really seems that, uh, you know, there's almost like a lot of collaborative uh, coaching, you know, efforts going on uh, within the team. I mean, I can talk to Geisen and uh, and know pretty much all about the high jumpers and uh, etc. Yeah, describe to me the environment of, of the University of Guelph track and field team and, uh, and you know, if that's just an illusion or if uh, if the whole collaborative coaching is something that really happens there. Oh, absolutely. Our, our team um, is extremely co- collaborative, and I, I would say that I benefit from that the most. Um, both Jason and Geisen, you know, have more permanent or full-time positions with the team, and I'm sort of an associate coach, so I come in, you know, just two nights a week to do the technical high jump practices, but I've got a full-time day job, you know, outside of coaching. So I really lean on um, particularly Geisen and Jason the most because they are, you know, doing the base program for most of my athletes, whether that be the weight program and the plyometrics and their base training. And Jason helps out a lot with the sprint or the the speed um, portion of high jumpers trainings. Um, and in the event, you know, that I have a bad work day, if I can't get there or I've got work commitments or other life commitments, you know, I can lean on Geisen to sort of fill in for me if I can't make it there one night. So, uh, group and I, I definitely lean on Jason and, and Geisen a lot to help me out with my high jumpers. You know, for those who don't know, um, you're actually fairly accomplished yourself, you know, going to, uh, to a FISU games, you know, taking that experience uh, and and applying it to coaching is is one thing. But do you feel that you've you've learned a lot about jumping and uh, gained a new perspective on the course, or sorry, on on the on the sport since you know taking over over your roles that you're in now? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> there's a small part of me that sometimes wishes I could go back in time and um, you know implement some of the techniques that I've now learned just from watching other people jump for four years, you know, if I could take some of that back into my younger self, then, you know, you sometimes think, oh, maybe I could have been a new, you know, a better, a better high jumper, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, there definitely is a, a different shift from being an athlete to being a coach. You know, uh, you've mentioned Sean Kate. Um, I also saw just a couple weekends ago, um, you, you had a couple more jumpers over that, uh, over that two meter mark as well too. You have a, a, re- a really good collection of jumpers right now. Where do you see the, the future of the, of the jumps program at, at the university of Guelph? Well, hopefully it continues on the path that we've built so far. Um, I am losing three senior athletes this year, uh, Sean Kate. Mitch Torres and uh, Maya will all be graduating um, this year. And they're, you know, they're some of the, the best athletes on the team. So, so that will be a definite loss, but we've, we've got some, um, you know, some younger teammates that are coming along the way. I mean, uh, Gabby Martins made huge progressions this year and uh, we had a new rookie come in, Sebastian Smith, who's already jumped 206 this year. So I really see great things from him to come in the future as well. 
um, and Justice Archer also. He's he's been constant and he's been steady, but I really think he's kind of at the point where he might be breaking through and he just cracked the two meter mark this year and that's a huge accomplishment for men's high jump. So uh, we're expecting, you know, bigger things from him as well. My name is Geisen Kruneri. I have recently moved into the role of communications and youth programs coordinator. So that means I'm in charge of uh, the all communications marketing material that goes on digital media stuff. Uh, you may have seen something in the water as you see, and recently the Mighty Griffs. Uh, other things I'm involved in would be coaching the junior jumps program here at the uh Speed River and then the jumps program at U of G. On the other side of the track in the sand pits, you'll find the long and triple jumpers, a fast-moving bunch of folks. Now, if you've been listening so far, you'll recognize Geisen from the recruitment episode. He's got a really neat story, and I suggest you seek it out in that episode. Geisen is a very accomplished collegiate athlete himself. When we met up, we started by talking about the horizontal jumps place amongst the large shadow cast by the sprints and distance program. I think the jumps has become sort of a thing that's grown evolutionary with the sprints, maybe not as big and as impactful, but we've had a few key players, especially um, Sean Kate, who recently won the Francophone Games, he's jumped 220. We've had Erica Fiedler, who's been a four meter pole vaulter, and then we have a couple juniors and youth um, champions, Adam Lee, uh, who else have we had? Helena Ramfels back in the day was a long jump champion. Abby Woods is a triple jump medalist. So I've, we've had a few in the years, uh, maybe not the same number of athletes, but one or two athletes who've been podium finishes in the last few program year of the jumps. You're coming at this from like a, a bit of a different angle and that you've really got to watch the evolution of, of the jumps program. Uh, you know, when you were here, you were part of the junior program, I believe, and then you kind of worked your way up. We, were the, uh, we weren't part of Speed Driver necessarily. I, I started track really late. I was a more of a Guelph track kid. And then as I came to university, I sort of shifted towards the Speed River. Um, by the time I actually finished jumping is actually when the training group that I was coaching joined Speed River. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, like, talk to me about that, that evolution of, of, you know, the start to now. Like, what do you guys have going for you that you didn't have when the group first started with, with Speed River? I think the biggest thing is consistency. I think when I was competing, I was also the coach at the same time. So we didn't really have a coach per se. It was this coach athlete individual who's sort of guiding the system. And to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was coaching in terms of this is what I know and it's worked for me, therefore it should work for you. And as I've evolved as a coach, I've realized that there's no one way to make someone jump well. Or was it? There's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they would say. So. We've evolved in the essence that there's a few kids now that I'm coaching here in, in uh, high school stream that are moving towards university. And that was the beginning of my coaching era. So this is, we're talking six, seven, eight years ago. Some of these kids are in the system already and some of them are about to go to university. So we've grown quite a bit over the years. Um, and it's been a pleasure because I've now seen a lot of these kids grow up and still have a passion for jumping. And that started at maybe 12 years old through our Griffin summer camps. And then they evolved to our youth program and then now into our junior program. So Dave was Dave was talking about uh, you know some coaches that were here before and, and you experienced uh, some of them as well. He said you know the guy that you learned from was a real character and stuff. Indeed. And uh, you kind of take a similar approach. However, you are uh, a little more contemporary in your approach. What did you learn from from him? And uh, you know what are some some memories you carry on and, and some lessons that you apply that you that you took from him. 
he was actually quite influential for me because as a young individual, uh, like I said, I moved from England. I didn't really want to be in this country. Um, meeting him was actually a pretty big turning point in my life for me as an individual. He spoke to me. He became almost an impromptu father figure in essence. So we had a, an interesting relationship. It was coach athlete, but is also somewhat of a mentor. He was uh, getting old and tired. So he's like, hey, let me let me help you help me kind of thing. And so I became sort of a mentor coach with him. We coached a couple young athletes um, over the years. And we had a lot of success together as a combination. There was a young lady we coached. She jumped 569 in grade nine and 1162, which are phenomenal numbers for a grade nine kid to do. And I think a lot from his workouts I realized as I grew up is he didn't necessarily have the most talented athletes sometimes to coach, so he got a bit experimented with his coaching style, right. which means that the, heavy, the workload was pretty heavy and very intense. And then I realized as I'm coaching now, I'm able to, we're able to pull in much more talented athletes, mm -hmm. which means we don't necessarily need to have the same training load and a bit of craziness and intensity that he used to bring to practices. A very lovable guy, but he's very intense, uh, very blunt, very straight up. I think those are some of the things I've carried on from him. I'm very blunt, straight up. I don't really hold back on on the truth yeah. um, but I think a lot of what he did was pretty successful I've just like you said I've I've evolved some of his ideas and concept in terms of how to approach coaching and none of them are wrong and as I get older I realize how much those exercises and those things we did meant and as younger me it was just like this guy's just trying to kill me man <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I noticed hanging out with your group before uh, with the university group like they were, you know, there's a couple multi-eventers there yep, and that they'd yep. be sprinting and, you know, I have to think that requires a lot of communication between you and Jason or, you know, you and, you know, the other jumps coach. Talk to me about that and, and how that's been going and how Speed River and the University of Guelph really, they, everyone works together. We have a pretty cool team here. In essence, we have a few external individuals who come in, like Jason and Scott. But then you also have people who've been here through the program, like Michelle and myself, who were part of the Griffin program many years ago. I think the good thing about those relationships is that even though they're coming from two different worlds, they work really well together because Michelle and I have history here. Jason and Scott are now these individuals who work very well with this group. Um, Communication-wise, we just got to be tight. You got to be on top of it. We're coaching multiple athletes who are very talented. The key is let's get them doing enough of the events, training effectively in each of the events, and don't get them injured. I think that number one key is don't get them injured, and then number two is are they are they having a good time, right? I think you hear Jason talk about it all the time. We're trying to build not just athletes but good people that enjoy the sport. So. It's a lot of management. From my side, I do a lot more of that management. When are you going there? When are you going to do this? And then I speak to Michelle and Jason about, okay, where do we need to fix things? Do we need to do a bit more on this side? And then I adjust our training plan to that. And then I communicate with the athletes. And our multi-events program is actually growing. And in multi-events doesn't mean they're doing the heptathlon or pentathlon. They may be doing high jump, long jump, and hurdles, which means they need to spend a, a significant amount of time doing hurdles and then sometimes doing sprints and then sometimes doing high jump. So it's just, uh, it's a juggling act to be honest, because you're managing emotions uh, and young people. You know, one thing that, that I've uh, tried to ask everybody uh, with the event groups is, is where, what's the future? I mean, like, where is this program going? That's a very good question, a loaded question. <laughs> I, I'd like to think we're not quite exactly where I want to be, especially with the jumps program. I think we have a few elite athletes. I, I would love, love to get a few uh, young athletes on a couple national teams, even provincial teams. 
we have athletes that are more than capable of doing that and it's it's my job as a young coach to to figure out the best ways to bring that out of those athletes and and get them motivated to get to that point um i said i'm saying i'm a lot today with that said the future is bright it's probably the best way to put it we got some really young talented individuals here at my jumps program especially with the u of g right now i have five guys that can jump seven meters and the oldest one's in third year and then there's one in second year and the rest of them are in first year and that's crazy that's that's very exciting stuff and you create that environment of talent and excellence and everyone's pushing towards the same goal like jason says it cultivates a, a different type of beast within practice people are more motivated people are more focused and want to be successful but at the end of the day they're students and we've got to balance both of those acts and make sure that we're making student athletes, not just athletes. Uh, this, uh, my name is Adam Lee, and I jump long jump, triple jump, high jump, <laughs> all of them, I guess. Uh, the occasional multis, but mostly, mostly long jump. Adam is a junior long jumper with the Speed River team, and he trains under Coach Geisen. Already, he's had some success in his high school competition, and he has a bright future ahead of him. I asked him why he was drawn to the long jump. Uh, well, I was always a fast kid. Um, I wanted to be, you know, one of the fastest kids, and that was, you know, 100 meters was my original dream. And then I just started playing around in other events. I wasn't, you know, 100 meters wasn't keeping me busy enough. So, uh, you know, I got drawn into long jump, and then, yeah, I was curious about every other event. So that's kind of what, that's kind of pulled me in. So I mean, since you've since you've started here, uh, you know, what are what are some of the things that this sport has brought to you? Like, what are some of the events that you, or what are some of the meets that you've gotten to uh, take part in and stuff like that? Oh, well, to start this, you know, this facility and um, the Griffins have brought me a, like a lifetime of passion. I, I love this sport to death and I'll do it for fun uh, every day, all day if I could. Um, you know, I've got the chance to compete at, you know, Legion Nationals, Canadian Nationals. Um, I got to compete with the uh, Griffin men's relay team once um, as a sub. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, you know, brought me a lot of opportunities uh, competing and training wise. So I mean, you're you're still a super young guy. You were talking about you know maybe going to university here next yeah. year and stuff. So I mean, like, what are, what are the goals for you uh, over the next couple of years? Um, this year, I really want to focus on OFSA. Uh, that's that's been a goal of mine to succeed at OFSA. Maybe finish you know top of the podium or even on the podium. And um, I, I just think this is this needs to be my year to do it. And I, I would really like to succeed. And you know, moving on, um, I really want to go to University of Guelph, be on the track team, and then see what I can do there. Uh, either maybe move into Maltese or focus on long jump. That's yet to be decided. You know, outside of the sport, can you think of uh, you know anything that this has brought in to you? Like maybe maybe in your life or, or something like that. Uh, well, certainly a lot of friends. Um, you know, a lot of people I can talk to about track and even just hang out with outside of track. Uh, you know, a community I can trust and and go to for advice. My name is Jordan Foley. I'm the throws coach here for Guelph Griffins and also a strength and conditioning coach working with uh, the throws group and the sprint circles group. Moving on to the thrower circle, the people get a lot bigger, the grunts get a lot louder, but amongst those gentle giants, there are some people who are very passionate about their events. One of those people is Jordan. Jordan is a man of many talents. You can catch him trackside, coaching with the throws team, in the weight room with the other athletes, and he used to be the strength and conditioning coach with the Griffin football team. With all that information, I ask him where his main interests lie. Uh, I, I wish I knew, to be really honest, and, it, and it's kind of, a, I'll give you the shortest version of maybe a really long story as I can. Uh, I've worked in, you know, strength and conditioning and sport performance now for 
over 10 years and it's really interesting because once I got far enough into that to at least know a little bit about it, I kind of thought back to my days as, as a track athlete and how a lot of the elements of training for speed power sports, should it be football, soccer, basketball, whatever, um, a lot of it comes from track and field and, and that's where we should be looking for for a lot of the answers to the solutions we're looking for in sport performance. So for me, I guess, what I really want and where I really want to be is you know, having as big of an impact as we can in a great environment and, and it's kind of happened very organically. I came to Guelph initially, you know, the city and the university to work with the football program as a strength and conditioning coach and obviously I knew about the reputation of the track program here and um, quickly due to geography initially my, myself and Jason primarily crossed over a lot in the weight room and, and realized that we had a lot of similar philosophies in developing speed and power for athletes and for track athletes and uh, quickly became colleagues on that stuff and and then uh, shortly thereafter pretty good pretty good friends and and then after being here about a year with football started working a little bit with track in, in a formal sense in the strength and conditioning setting and um, actually to backtrack I kind of forgot about this in the first football season that I was here 2014 we didn't quite go as far as we wanted to so we were we were done early in November um, and, and we didn't start training our guys back until January so I was like, ah, oh, you know what, I'm going to go out to the track every day and, and try to learn a little bit more there. So I came out for about five, six weeks every day with Jason, and, and that's kind of where it started off and uh, really upskilling myself in that area and putting that into sport performance training for football, other sports, uh, and then being formally involved with those guys more so from a strength and power development perspective, but kind of knowing how it fits into the piece. Um, at the same time, basically, it's been about three years now, I took over doing this strength training, strength and power training for the throwers and largely initially it was to provide some coaching and oversight to help keep those guys in the circle because we were having a lot of injuries and it was more so, to be honest, with that group protecting them from themselves. Um, a lot of throwers, they just love the lift and sometimes it kind of gets carried away. So our, our main project was uh, a couple of our high level um, guys and girls at that time just keeping them in practice and, and being the voice of reason with that, making sure we're doing things right and tapering things as the season goes on so that we can keep them throwing because that's obviously the most important part of it. Um, and then how I kind of ended up in, in the throw situation is um, just more and more getting involved and helping out with uh, the throws coaches that we did have while I was here. Um, Dusty McCrank, uh, Mike Miller, and most recently Rich Parkinson and, and, and assisting those guys and just trying to learn as much as I could along the way and then an opportunity came up to be able to oversee and help out with with all of it so now I think I'm in a pretty cool spot where uh, you can have my own my own kick at it. I mean like this track and field program casts such a large shadow you know like uh, the distance for sure probably more the sprints as well too I mean where, where do you feel that that the throws and, and that strength kind of fits into the to the mosaic of the of the entire program? It's, it's, it's really hard, I think, to explain because I don't think we're sure yet. Um, last year, about a year ago in January, we had a training camp. We have one again this year as well, but where uh, I gave a talk and I talked about kind of the elements of training for, for speed and power. And, and a large point of that was to show all the different groups, you know, how we do those things and how every group may train for them and that the execution of it should be similar, but the amounts that they do should be different. And obviously, the amounts that they do combined with interference effect will determine the overall, you know, training outcome. Um, and after that, a lot of a lot of athletes that I that I know but don't really know that well from 
you know, maybe the jumps group or, um, or the distance group. We're like, oh, that was really cool. And it was really cool to see what you guys were doing. So I don't think we quite have it defined. Um, for me, the direction that I would like for it all to go is for all the athletes on the team, you know, all upward to 100, uh, or however many we have, to be really honest, are more aware about um, different elements of training and how it can help them in their event because even within an event, different 3,000 meter runners, they might have different profiles and need different things. So they might be searching to throws or jumps to develop power uh, and how that might affect their outcomes. Or even if you look at someone someone like Jen in the steeplechase where you're looking at you know a lot of, a lot of jumps and a lot of landings within a race, where is she looking for the answers to that? So, I would like that, and then and then also to bring to bring our throws section a little bit more to the forefront, and that's some of the culture that we're trying to build as a group. Where essentially what I've what I've told you know our guys and girls is I want to be going to Dave, I want to be going to Jason, I want to be going to those guys and fighting for more spots at OU's for for throws, and and it's not that we want to cannibalize the team as a whole, but I think that it's one of those things with. With rising tides, all the boats will come up, and and if we can we can drive more from that area and try to be at more in the forefront, attracting better talent, doing more cool things with throws, providing them more holistic service, then I think it'll help our team as a whole. Hi, I'm Mark Banowski. I am a weight throw shot putter on the Guelph track and field team. Mark is the new kid on the block on the throws team. Making that adjustment from high school level competition to university level can be a bit of a difficult transition. I asked him how things were going so far. They've been going pretty well. Uh, I'm a bit off my PBs, but uh, I'm just, it's been a bit of a shock having the new weight throw or uh, weight lifting program. So uh, at one point they will pick up. So I mean, to describe your time here, has it been kind of like a tear down to build up or was it just building up on what you were doing already? It was a lot, it's a bit of both. Like I, I was doing a lot of the main training before, but the biggest new part of this is the weightlifting that I've been building up to. But overall, it's pretty much the same as what I've been doing before. <laughs> Are you finding it's like a, a real motivational sort of thing where you'll see like one of your teammates in the circle and they'll throw something and be like, hey, I can do that. I train with those guys. I can do that exact same thing. Well, it's more or less like he just threw that. Now I have to catch up. But that's that's been a lot of the game with uh, Tommy Nadell for the past few months so it's been a lot of back and forth between him and I so for sure for sure do you have any goals for this season what, what are you hoping to do um pretty much I'd like to hit 17 my PB 1609 after two weeks of training in the summer uh, and maybe finish as high as I can on the podium at CIs you've been listening to something in the water the story of the University of Guelph and Speed River track and field teams brought to you by Sidious Mag for more great track and field podcasts, news, humor, and commentary, be sure to check out SidiousMag.com or at SidiousMag on most social media platforms. While you're at it, be sure to check out the teams and their social media presence at Griffin Track and at Speed River on Twitter and at GriffinTF and at SpeedRiverTFC on Instagram. If you like this show, be sure to check out my other track and field podcast, The Terminal Mile. We're on all the major podcatchers and on Twitter and Instagram at The Terminal Mile. Thanks to you for listening, and be sure to check out another episode in this very place next week. Mm-hmm.